Shalom Aleichem, on behalf of Teach 613, we welcome you to Take 10 for Talmud. We are recording in Silver Spring, Maryland, and are so glad that you can join us. Gitin Samech Tes, Gitin 69A, pagination is 137. We're starting in the wide lines, just below midway of the wide lines, at the end of a line, and our topic is a medical-oriented Gemara, where the Gemara lists off different types of ailments and tells us what we can do to address these ailments. The particular Gemara that we've chosen for our session is more diagnostic and the following Gemara describes what to do. We're not even going to get into that. But the basic question that people wonder when they study these passages in Talmud is when it comes to halacha and Jewish tradition, etc., the Talmud is the authoritative work on all these topics. When it comes to medicine, does that mean, if the Talmud says it as a remedy, that we can go ahead and do that remedy and rely on it? And the answer that comes through fairly strongly from the commentaries is that the Talmud indeed knew what it was talking about and was accurate, but one of the most common answers is Nishtana Hativim, the nature, if you will, has changed, which means that body variables over hundreds of years are such that the same remedy that might have worked in the past might not work now. Likewise, there may be climate variables. Something that worked as a cure for what seems to be a look-alike ailment, and that cure worked in Babylonia in the region of Iraq, may not work in a different climate. In fact, getting into this a little bit deeper, it might not even be the same ailment. Also, there's another nuance that's really important, and once you realize it, it's not a nuance at all. It's big. And that is that even when you study the Talmud described remedy, there is so much Torah Shabal Peh, unrecorded parts to the remedy, that it's quite probable if we tried to do the remedy, we wouldn't even get it right, and therefore if it doesn't work, it doesn't prove anything. We all know that all activities require a Torah Shabal Peh, an oral tradition. Even something simple, like following the directions 
as in ingredients to create a food, it might say in the ingredients a dash of pepper. What does a dash of pepper mean? What does it mean when it says a T in uppercase as opposed to a T in lowercase? Tablespoon versus teaspoon is a concept that has to be communicated, and it may not be there in the text. It's known skill and fact for those who are in the field. And similarly, we find that there are times that the Talmud expresses something, but it means something very focused, and it didn't tell you all the focus. It expected that you would know that from tradition or other wisdom. And therefore, if you just read the text of the Talmud, you're really not getting the full picture. This became very clear to me uh, when I was doing studies on Parakshira. And I came across, for example, the theme of the ant. Now, the ant is described as a zoriz, as a creature that works quickly and industriously. And we compare it to the statement, Chacham Lev Yikach Mitzvos, a wise person grabs mitzvahs. It's a sense of industriousness. And the Talmud says that they watched a certain ant, a species, and they found that they wouldn't steal from each other. That if one ant dropped a crumb that it was carrying, the other ants would not go near that crumb to steal it because it belonged, so to speak, to the other ant. And this was considered a very praiseworthy trait which we can observe in creation and emulate in our own lives. However, not all ants fit this admirable description. Research about ants reveals that there are also ants that are war ants, and they will go to a different ant's place of dwelling, and they will overcome them, fight them, and take them as prisoners, so to speak, so that the captured ants will work for the master ants. This is research that seems to be accurate, recorded. Um, although I didn't do it personally, I'm fairly comfortable that there could be other types of ants out there that do not fit the description of the Talmud, which actually fits very nicely with the Talmud's attitude that it doesn't say every ant is like this. It says they went and observed ants because they wanted to know what this concept of industriousness was. And when they observed ants, this is what they observed. It doesn't say that it was a tradition. There's a promise that ants will never misbehave. And there are different types of ants, and that's fine. Imagine if one of the medicinal remedies had to do with ants and you picked the wrong ant. Instead of picking the ant that's industrious 
an honest, personally industrious, you went ahead and picked the ant that overcomes other ants, dominates them, and abuses them, and presumably the medicinal result from one type of ant might not be the same as the one that would result from the other one, whether these are spiritual remedies or physical remedies, chemical remedies, whatever it is. But there is a lot that is not necessarily recorded in the Talmud, and therefore it's fairly accepted that we do not follow these medicinal remedies with a few exceptions that are accepted. Going into the Gemara, the Gemara tells us, If a person has blood coming out of the mouth, so we're concerned about internal bleeding. The Gemara says, You could check the blood to find out its origin with the chaff of wheat. If it sticks to the chaff, then it's coming from the lungs. And there is a remedy for that, as will be described in the future Gemara. And if it doesn't stick the chaff to the blood, it's coming from the liver. That's the origin of this blood. For Lesle Takanta, it's very serious. There's no solution for it. Amale Ravami Ashi. Ravami said, What you're telling me is really the opposite of the halachas that we learn regarding health of an animal. Nital Hakaved Velonishtair Himenaklum. When it comes to the liver, we're only definitively worried about the health of the animal if it's totally missing the liver. But if some of the liver remains, there's still what to work with. Hareya, but if you're dealing with the lungs, shenikva oshachasra, even if it's punctured or missing some, it's already a problem in terms of trephos, non-kosher animals. Clearly, the situation regarding lungs is more tolerant, if you will, before we will make it into a trefa, whereas by lungs, it's very serious. And over here, you're telling me that once you identify whether the blood is from the lungs or the liver, you're telling me that from the liver is worse, there's no solution. From the lungs, there is a solution. Again, according to the laws of Trephus, a damage in the lung is considered much more serious. Amalei, Ravashi answered, Because the blood is coming out from the mouth, there's a concern here that the entire liver has disintegrated. In other words, if you were doing an x-ray, MRI, some sort of scan of the body, and you identified 
that there's deterioration in the lungs and there's deterioration in the liver, certainly the deterioration in the liver has more tolerance. As long as some of the liver is healthy, we still have hope over here. Whereas in the lungs, it's very serious. It's considered much worse. But over here, we're not doing a body scan. We're actually getting certain clues. And the clue is there's blood and it's coming from the mouth. And now with this chaff test, we know it's coming either from the liver or from the lungs. Says Ravashi, if you have blood that's coming out through the mouth and it's from the liver area, that's much more serious because what caused it to be coming out through the mouth, in other words, there are clues here, and apparently these clues indicate that something very serious is going on, and that's why for liver blood to be coming out from the mouth is something that would indicate that the liver has been entirely damaged, compromised. Whereas if blood comes from the lungs, the fact that it's coming through the mouth doesn't indicate that type of disintegration. Again, a body scan, we agree the lungs are handled more seriously, but over here, the fact that the blood is coming from the mouth is itself an indication of a serious condition. Yoshikoach, thank you for joining.